I actually like was in tears saying goodbye to my space because what I did was a ritual of thanking it for all of the ways in which it, it nurtured me. So I Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to Living Color Abroad. I'm your host, Angel Rodriguez. And in this episode, you'll be listening to Lanita, who is a previous guest of the podcast. I interviewed her on episode 63, titled Guatemala, as she discussed her time in Guatemala. Now, she's going to fill us in on what she's up to now in a series that I'm calling Where Are They Now? And Lanita discusses why her time in Guatemala has come to an end where she's headed to next. She also discusses why for her as a black woman, it is important to be surrounded by other members of the African diaspora, why dating in Guatemala didn't exactly work out, what she's going to miss dearly about living in Guatemala, and finally, why she's so proud of herself, of all that she's accomplished in her time in Guatemala. Hope you enjoy. This is A Living Color Abroad. Lanita, welcome back to In Living Color Abroad. How you doing? Listen, first of all, I'm proud of you. So let me just start with that. You're out here. You're shining. Okay. You have an M.A. behind you or is it M.E.D.? Uh, it's an M.A. M.A. Okay. You've got an M.A. behind your name. So I'm proud of you. And I'm excited to be back in the States. And I have a lot of emotions. So I'm excited to chat with you about my return and all of that. Awesome, awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I was I was looking when we spoke and the episode aired, you won't get this, May 2021. It's been a year and a half. No. Yeah, time flies, doesn't oh. it? <laughs> That's crazy. Wow. It is, it is, it is. So May 2021, as we officially spoke, obviously, you know, we speak online here now and then through through IG and whatnot. So, but I, I for those that are listening, I was, you know, I, as you know, scrolling in IG and I see this long post from the I'm like, wait, what's what's going on here? Smiling. But you know it's a long post. You know something serious. Some, some news. Some breaking news. So I'm like, I'm reading it. I'm like, oh, she's about to leave. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so I'm out. I'm yep. outie. Before we get into that, right? We got, we, got to, we got to tease the listeners a little bit. Please remind listeners, Lalita, a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so the last time we spoke, you know, for those of y'all that don't know me, my name is Lanita Johnson. Um, I put my hands in a lot of bowls, but um, I think what we spoke about is I'm a I'm a diplomat. Um, I do development education work. I'm a mental health advocate. Um, and something new in my bag, um, I'm now a Reiki master. So, you know, a lot of different things, but um, a lot of my work centers around youth and youth out of school for education, getting them involved in vocational programming, getting them in, in jobs, entrepreneurship. And my passion is really around youth and youth abroad. So that's that's my little vibe. That's, that's a big vibe, not a little vibe. That's a big vibe. <laughs> but that's great. That's, that's great to hear. So before we get into, you know, everything that's transpired in the in the past few months, take us to the point where we last spoke, right? You were in Guatemala. You yeah. were there for how long? In May 2021, how long were you already in Guatemala? So at that point, I have, so 
not even a year. I moved to Guatemala in October of 2020. Of course, I had started working virtually for my job in July of 2020. Um, but in total, I did, you know, a two-year, two-month tour in Guatemala, um, and I cut it short because actually I was supposed to stay until May of 2023. Um, but I'm sure we'll get into it in this yeah. call. There are some things. You know that, you know, living abroad and particularly living abroad, single, unpartnered, no family, just my, my little homie, my little dog, um, that, that led me to say, you know, I need to reshift what I want in my career and what I want in my personal life. So I came back after two years. Mm, def- definitely got to speak, speak about that. Cause I just had someone on, um, oh, we're, we're calling this, by the way, I don't know if you know, I'm calling this, where are they now? And we're, I'm revisiting mm. <laughs> past guests. <laughs> so my previous guest, she knew from the jump, she was going to leave at a certain date, but you did not know this, right? Mm. You, you had I me, mean, you did know, but it was going to be in 2023 and you cut it short. Right. So before we get into yep. what the why behind that, Take us through what has transpired in the past in the past year or so. Has it been the same old, same old with like your job, how you fitting into Guatemala? Mm-hmm. Like what's been that that those uh what's been going on in the past year? Yeah, and I think what's even funny is I had a date that was actually I was supposed to leave in October of twenty twenty two. I extended till May twenty twenty three. And then I went back and said, actually, I want to cancel that oh. um, extension. So, you know, I played a little hot scotch <laughs> in, my, in my little job, my little life. But um, so many things, right? I think when we talk about and when people are considering moving abroad, you go through a cycle, right, of excitement. Mm-hmm. Something's new. Something's, you know, really cool up ahead. And I think what you saw in my long post is, when I'm when I moved abroad, it was all of that excitement. Excitement that, you know, I'm not paying rent anymore. I'm starting this amazing job where, you know, I'm supposed to be working out in the field with, you know, kids. Um, I'm gonna have all these new friends, you know, I'm gonna be speaking a language that I've loved all my life, that I've been fluent in for, you know, over a decade. And I think when you move abroad, those are what, you know, come to mind immediately. But one of the things that I said in that post is, you know, while those big things are true, when you're living abroad, the day-to-day, the simple things of where am I getting my groceries, you know, my car, the cost of things, how am I expressing myself? Those small things are what, you know, make up your life, particularly in a place that you're not from, whether you love it or you you have challenges, the small things are what make up life. So I think when I spoke to you in May, everything was still kind of new. You know, I was doing my travel, coming out of a lot of the post-pandemic, air quote, regulations, right? I'm going to restaurants. I'm still exploring, you know, the beauty of tourism in Guatemala. I'm working from home. So, you know, there's still a lot of balance there. I have my morning routine. But I think over the course of as, you know, from 2021 to 2022, a lot changed. Um, We went back to work in person. And as someone, you know, who who has shared on your your podcast and, and on some of my platforms, I have, you know, struggled with mental health, right? And so going back to work in person was not just, you know, okay, you know, one day we're just going to get up and we're going to go back. That was a challenge for me, being around people, not having the ease of, like, developing my own schedule. 
sitting in Guatemala traffic, you know, seems really small, but it's tough. I'm sitting in like two, three hours, four hours of traffic a day. Mm -hmm. And so I think what I saw in the shift from May of 2021 to, to when I headed out in December, I had to be real about the in day in and day out um, kind of things you need to live abroad, developing community from scratch now that we no longer have restrictions. What does the community that I want to build look like? You know, how do I... How do I rebuild, you know, things from scratch? How do I get my hair done? You know, small mm. things that you're not thinking about when you're moving abroad that ultimately led me to pause and say, okay, am I at a point in my life where this is what I want to deal with? Do I have the capacity to manage these things? And so that kind of went into my thinking and my ultimate decision to cut my tour short. I did finish my two years, but I didn't move forward with my extension. Mm. And let me ask you, before we get, like I said, into the why you cut it short, what made you want to extend? Because you did extend. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of things, right? I, um, one of the things that even in my decision to come back a little early, and I'm, I'm struggling with it now, is I love Spanish and I love Latino, Latino culture. And it's been really present and prevalent in my life since I was young. So um, just even the small act of getting to speak Spanish every day, um, you know, going to the market, enjoying like delicious fruits and vegetables and immersing myself in a culture that is different from my own, but also one that I love has an allure to it. Right. Mm -hmm. But in the big picture, right. Because the allure is I love this culture. I'm accustomed to it. It's easy, but some of the day-to-day -day things that I'm not thinking about when something so new are what ultimately led me to shift. But I think Guatemala is such a beautiful country that it, there's so much to explore. And in tandem with the work that I was doing with youth, um, it seemed like of course, of course you extend. This is something that all new foreign service officers at this post do. You extend if you can. And so um, it was a hard decision to ultimately say, you know, I can't do anymore. Mm -hmm. What I'm hearing from what you're saying is, again, like you were, you were recalling the amazing things you've already been doing while you've been there, right? But then you had to think about yeah. the change that you wanted in your life as well. And that yeah. has to be extremely difficult, right? That juxtaposition yeah. of, I love these things, but I want these things as well. I need, oh, I need yeah. this change in my life, but I like this. And then again, people, a lot of people, I'm sure whether you're abroad or not, you can get stuck like that, right? Like, damn, this is a, yeah. good, this is a good gig. Like, why am yeah. I leaving? But then it's like, there's always that, that question in the back of your mind, but is this what I need, right? Yeah. Might, and and there, there comes the things, we, the things you want in life, the things you need in life. And it's like, is that fine balance, right? And I think from what you're describing, and I think this only occurs, right, when you have these real deep talks with yourself, right, about, okay, what do I want? What do I need? Am I getting these things right now? And what's, you know, what yeah. I want my future to look like? And so particularly, yeah. you, you touched on that a little bit, um, but what were the things that you particularly needed to see change mm. in your life and that you knew yeah. that wasn't going to happen in Guatemala? Oof, first of all, Sir, you're you're interviewing. Okay, <laughs> you have me over here. You have me over here suspecting on things I thought I had. Listen, so. I've only done ninety of these. I'm getting I'm getting a little bit better. <laughs> no. 
I mean, you're, uh, that's such a great question, that's right? Great. When I thought about my reflection, it, it, so number one, work, right? What do I need in a workplace? And I think from my background, you know, my master's is in international training and education. I am a trainer. I am hands-on. I am grassroots. I need to see and feel the people and particularly the kids, right? And so when I think about was I having the impact that I wanted with youth, that answer was very clear to me, right? And so I was thinking if I want to continue in the trajectory of my career of continuing this kind of grassroots nature that I love, I have to I have to find a role in which I'm directly working with youth on a day-to-day basis. Mm. And so that was very clear to me from the jump. But to be honest with you, you know, Although I am I'm fueled by the 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 vocation of youth and and development and that kind of being, you know, my core values. A lot of my decision making was personal, and a lot of it stems from my identity as a black woman and as a mental health advocate. So one of the things that was very clear to me early on in my in my time there was: Am I comfortable being the only black person in all spaces, right? Mm. Not just professional, because that's so common. But am I comfortable looking around and not seeing people that look like me? And while Guatemala is very rich and diverse in Mayan culture, there is very little Afro-diasporic culture outside of one area called Livingston in Isawal, and it is very far. And so stemming from that other things that I need for my black identity, which could be small to some, they're not small to me. Can I get my hair done in a healthy way? That answer was no. What does dating look like if I want to date someone who is a part of Afro-diasporic culture that wasn't readily present? Can I build a community of black women around me outside of the already rich and diverse community I have. I didn't have as much access to black women. And so some of the things that really enrich my life and the ways that I needed to be enriched were just not present. And that's a really hard decision to make when so many of the things of the culture that you love, like you said, um, are in juxtaposition to things that you crave. I go back and forth of, was this the right decision? Is, mm. is this what I should have done when, you know, it's cheaper over there? You have, you know, a lot of things that make your life easier, housekeeping, right? The ease of travel, but I, I couldn't forego some of these other really pinnacle needs in my life when I was suffering and, and the personal in some ways. Mm, mm. Very powerful stuff that I like, I like that you touched on, you mentioned, uh, you know the, the the black the black identity how that might be small to some but is a big deal to you. I think we are touching on as well as obviously this, this the human condition of community of sense of belonging because it's one thing to be abroad and to you know have these different relationships, but if you still feel like on the periphery of what's happening in these spaces and no nurse to feel like. I'm in this, you know, I'm in it, I'm still on the periphery. It's hard, like you said. And there's nothing, I think it's important that you're saying this, because there's nothing wrong with that, right? When people go abroad, they think, I, I think this, that if they leave, they failed, right? If I don't if I don't stick it out here and I go back home, whatever home is, I failed. And that's not the case. 
you it's an ex, it's an experience number one and it's something that you take with you and obviously given what everything you're saying it's something that you think deeply about it's not a simple of nah, i'm tired of it you know this was fun this was great now let me go back here yeah. no it's a lot of deep shit that you think about as to why what needs to change and the reasons for it i'm just glad that you're bringing this to light because i think it's super important and you mentioned this earlier on this thing of being single like you said and and uh and how you feel about that in terms of all right, what does it mean for my future? Can I build a relationship, fa- family, whatever the case, whatever your goals are in that personal endeavor here? And if you like you right. can't do that, then I will find I think very few people would also stay in a situation where they feel like, wait a minute, can I actually build roots in this way, meaning family, relationship, you know, goals like that? I it w- I think it will be hard for for many people to be like, yeah, I guess I I guess I'll just be alone my entire life because, because I like this place so it's like nah you gotta go where you think you could build these things yeah I just want to touch really quickly on something you say like mm-hmm. because also one of the things that I battled with is like okay I'm making this decision does this mean I never want to live abroad again right and so the answer is no right like I mm-hmm. do want to absolutely live abroad again but the choice at this point in my life was some of those personal decisions were bigger to me at this point in my life than, you know, me trying to stay abroad, trying to see if I can build these connections, trying to see if I can find a partner. And it just seemed easier to come back. But Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean I'm not grieving living abroad right now. I'm not grieving, not using my language skills. Like those things are Mm -hmm. very much happening every single day. And I have that conversation with myself every single day. But it's also like, I'll take each opportunity as it comes, but I know that I am meant to live abroad. What Guatemala taught me is the the categories that I need in my decision making for choosing a country, right? So mm. is it walkable? Is there a diasporic population? Are there food options for, you know, folks that are dairy-free, gluten-free? Like, they give me... The, my first time living abroad was not Guatemala, but this was my longest stint. This stint taught me, okay, if you make this decision again, you get to look at it from a different lens of what are your absolute mm-hmm. needs in living in a country versus your deal breakers. And so that's why I'm really excited that I started having that conversation with myself. Because also in me coming back, I could easily be like, oh my God, I gave up. I'm never going to do it again. And it's like, no, right. you needed to stop, pause, and reflect and see how you want to do it again so that you can be really fully aware of what you're getting into when you do decide to do it again. Mm-hmm. It was a pivot. It was a pivot. <laughs> it's a pivot. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Right. And also, I'm tired of flying. These sneaky links coming out, it's not enough. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we get into that too. <laughs> But so anyway, sneaky, sneaky links. If, if for those that are listening, like what, what, what is uh, what is this slang I'm hearing? Sneaky links. I, th- I think she's referring to if I, if I'm incorrect. Uh, you know, people that might want to be in you know your life to hang out to date in a in a way that might not be welcomed. <laughs> Do I have that correct? <laughs> I need the permanence of it. It can't right. just be, you know, a monthly, you know, little check-in. I can't do that. Yeah. I, I'm trying to find a partner, you know? But no, anyway. mo- no monthly check-ins here. <laughs> right. Oh none of that God. energy. None of that energy. Can't, can't have that energy in 2023. No no monthly check-in energy, right? That's what you guys speak down Mm-mm. to the universe, Lanita. <laughs> All right, so I, <laughs> so, tell, so tell our listeners, Lanita, how do you end up with this opportunity to go back to D.C.? 
Yeah, no, absolutely. In the Foreign Service, you there's a bidding cycle. So although I had extended, I was still in the bidding cycle to bid for the 2023 calendar year. And so my decision to come back was just selecting and interviewing for D.C.-based roles. I did have an opportunity, and this is going to carry over from our first podcast talk. Mm. Ghana was on the list. Mm. Okay, Ghana was on the list. I remember this. And I was like, ooh, I've been wanting to go to Ghana. Ghana is a vibe. Ghana has beautiful people, culture, food, and it does have a heavy expat community, and it is a place where I know I could get entrenched in Ghanaian culture as well, and so it was on the list, but when I thought about what I was really missing, it was the familiarity of community, friends, and family, and so while it was super intriguing and while I had an opportunity, I had to be real with myself and say, there will always be a time and it's, it might not be now. And so my strategy was just looking at D.C.-based positions. But when you're bidding in the Foreign Service, you have to put three critical priority countries. So I had to put, like, South Sudan, Democratic Republic of Congo, and Ethiopia. But just let them know, hey, this is my current situation. I really want to come back to the States. And so I got lucky and, and got a role here in, in D.C. working on very similar um, very similar thematic area, youth, um, youth programming, youth leadership, and positive youth development. And so it really just panned out. Mm, got you, got you. And so, so let's talk about your job a little bit. You're saying, you know, in a similar, similar themes that you were doing in Guatemala, but what looks different about the job given the fact that you were in Guatemala, but now you're in D.C.? What looks different about the job in particular? Yeah. Um, so this job, it is based in a different con context and continent. So if all goes well and I, I can't I can't give all my secrets because you know I have <laughs> something else cooking up uh -oh, too. Uh -oh. But if I you you hear me, you hear me, but I gotta keep it under wraps because it it hasn't come to fruition. I appreciate but that. um this would be working with youth in Africa who are prominent leaders and and getting them, you know, training leadership training to continue, you know, kind of developing in that realm. But I can't say too much because I might have something else cooking. You know what I'm saying? I, I appreciate it. I appreciate you keeping that on the wraps. Uh, hopefully I, I'll, get to, <laughs> I'll get to pull it out of you offline, but <laughs> I'm joking. Yes, absolutely. I don't, don't want to mess up my bag, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but all right, so you say, so obviously there's things that are still, you know, in the oven, things are st still cooking in there in terms of your job. But how do you, you and you're still, you're right now, where are you, where are you right now ex exactly? I'm house hopping. Um, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> when you go, um, when you leave a foreign service post, it is a really cool benefit. It's called home leave. So you accrue a certain number of home leave days and, and I'm really relaxing from a really long and arduous two years. And so I've been traveling. I've been in Georgia, San Francisco, D.C., Arizona, and I'm going to Puerto Rico on Sunday. So I'm really just living life. World tour. 
you know what I'm saying? I'm enjoying it. And I'm enjoying reconnecting with friends and family, which is something that I missed so deeply when I was abroad. Um, so right now, I'm actually in Alexandria, but next week I will be in Puerto Rico, and then after that I'll be in D.C. proper. Got you, got you, got you. And take take us through the moments where you're on that flight, boarding that flight from Guatemala. Mm. What was going through your mind when you when the plane's taking off? Yeah, uh, I'm going to step back a little bit before the plane mm. because um, one thing, when I lived abroad, my house was my safe haven and it was more than an apartment um, for people that came into my space because I'm really particular about my space. I painted it. It was like very much me. Many people called my space a spiritual oasis. And so in the days leading up to leaving and particularly on the day that I did leave, um, saying goodbye to my space was probably the hardest thing I had to do. It was difficult saying bye to friends, of course, and, mm-hmm. and coworkers, but I actually like was in tears saying goodbye to my space because what I did was a ritual of thanking it for all of the ways in which it, it nurtured me. So mm, I passed. That's powerful yeah. shit. I just got goosebumps. God damn. <laughs> That is sorry. I just that just hit me real hard. I was like, damn. (laughs) No, I went through my little space with. um, I think at that time, so Guatemala has a very beautiful incense that you can buy at the market, and I went through my house and I thanked every single space from the front door to the guest bathroom to the kitchen and to my tub for every way in which it nurtured me during those two years um, there. And I took a video of it because that house grew me in so many ways. And, and I'm very spiritual and I'm, I'm very into numerology. Mm. And I lived in a seven home. So if anybody out there is interested in numerology of your home, a seven house is strictly meant for you to have a deeply powerful spiritual transformation, but you will be alone in that home. You will spend a lot of time mm. alone in that home. Um, And there will be a lot of tears shed in that home, but it was a home that made me into a completely different human than when I came. And so walking through that house and, and seeing the differences of who I've become because of each of those spaces was really hard. So as uh, the motor pool, which comes to pick you up and takes you to the airport, they call me, they're like, la, esta por abajo tu, tu carro, your car's downstairs. Um, shutting my door to my home that nurtured and cradled me was the hardest mm. part of saying goodbye. And so I get in the car, I'm in tears. Uh, the motor pool driver, I'm so blessed. It was a motor pool driver that I had had for my two years there for all these different trips. And he, I'm in tears. I'm in shambles. And he's like, ¿Por qué está llorando, señora Lanita? <laughs> and what, he was like, why are you crying? And I was like, I'm crying because I'm going to miss this country so much. And in, I, won't, I won't have to translate twice, so I'll say it in English. In Spanish, he was like, don't cry for leaving. Be happy about what you left. Mm. And he said, thank you so much for the amazing work that you've done to better my country. And just really made me feel good about why I was here. And so, you know, I was in shambles going through security. <laughs> it was the last time I was going through that diplomatic line leaving a uh, country. That very that, short like, diplo- diplomatic line, I'm sure. <laughs> it was, No, and you know what? Oh. That day, everybody and their mama was in that damn line. <laughs> and I was 
like, don't nobody else want to be in this line? Every other time I need to go, but now everybody, but anywho, I'm in shambles. I am crying. But then as I sat down, if anyone is ever in Guatemala, please, dear God, go to the Zacapa Lounge if you have priority pass, because that breakfast is busting. So I had that last breakfast, and I was like, I did it. Like, I did it. Mm. You did what needed to be done. And it was such an overwhelming feeling of accomplishment that, like, as I took off and as I looked over, like, all of the zones of downtown Capital, La Ciudad de Guatemala, I just was really fucking proud of myself because it was a hard two years. But when my motor pool driver said, don't be sad or don't cry for leaving, be happy about what you left, I just thought about all of the things I did, meeting the vice president, um, moderating a town hall with administrator Samantha Power, um, giving a graduation speech at a university in Guatemala in Spanish, and just thinking about all of these like really crazy opportunities that if I had told my like little black girl self from Powder Springs at five years old I would have done this, I literally would have been like, you're bugging and you're wilding and hush. <laughs> and so it was a really bittersweet moment to take off and be like, nah, sis, you you did that. Wow. So wow. That's what I, I, like. I, I wanna I, I wanna do a slow clap slow clap for you. This is this is some powerful stuff. The driver of the podcast. I'm about to shed a tear over here. This is crazy okay. stuff. This is this is very no, I, I what I because I mean there was so much you said. I want to take it piece by piece. The the house that's been st- stuck yeah. with me. Because again, you worked from home a lot of the time, correct? I did. Right. So I did for a, over a year and some change. Right. Obviously, and, and and many of us can relate to the pandemic, right? And so you yeah. said that, that someone's home, right? Apartment, whatever it is, needs to be a home, not just a house, but a home. Like you said, it nurtures you. This is a space you spent the most time in, especially during the yeah. pandemic. And and then again, you mentioned when you're by yourself, it's you. It's that home. It's your thoughts, mm-hmm. right? It's the spaces that you occupy where these thoughts brew. And what does that mean for an individual when they're, when they're thinking about life choices, your future, your past, your present, on this space? That means that space is going to mean a whole lot. <laughs> yes. You know? yes, 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 yes. <laughs> no, it's a be- beautiful thing. And then you mentioned again, you know, you're, you're, on, you're on the flight and then the sense of accomplishment. Because I'm sure that you know you're you're literally thinking about you say you're seeing you're literally seeing Guatemala as you're going thirty thousand feet in the air, but then thinking about all these little moments, right, with friends, with your job, with mm-hmm. yourself on these travels, and they all just I'm sure just going through your mind, and then you're like, wow, I really I I did this shit, I did a mm-hmm. lot, right? I didn't I didn't just come here and just have a grand old time, you know, like like some <laughs> IG shit. No, I made some change, and it you yeah. It's important for you to say that, but for others to acknowledge that. That's a yeah. beautiful thing as well. So I just want to congratulate you, Lanita, <laughs> on this, on this yeah. journey that you're sharing with us because I'm sure it will resonate with a lot of people, whether you're abroad or not. And that's very important because, again, it's not just physical spaces, it's mental spaces that we leave to better ourselves. And if we don't have these, this, this, this inner uh, dialogue, it's, those changes are, seldom happen. You have to reflect on them, right, to see what it is I want out of life and if this is the journey I have to take to get to it, then I'm gonna do it. It's gonna hurt, but this is what I need in my life. So yeah, this is my this is my thought. Sorry for my for my uh, soliloquy and monologue there, but yeah. <laughs> no, but that's it because I think 
as I've come back to one of the hardest parts is like, okay, I'm back. I feel weird because now people are like, oh, like, where are you from? And I'm like, uh, I'm from, I'm from Atlanta, but I just got back from living in Guatemala. I also don't have a home. So it's just weird. But I think (laughs) when you make a decision that ultimately is going to bring about change in a different part of your life, it is tough to wrestle with the fact of, but it could have been this or, but I could Mm -hmm. have done this or if I had waited a little bit longer, it could have. And I think one of the things in, in one of the ways in which I've, I've seen a huge change in me um, is a willingness to accept what is currently and make a decision on what is happening currently in front of me versus what something could be down the line. Mm. And I think that for living abroad or change, even if you're moving states um, and, and are grappling with what that change would look like, one of the things that I just can say is making decisions with what you have in front of you is really so key and it's what ultimately made me feel comfortable in my change because the reality was I wasn't in love with the role in which I was doing uh I built community gracias a Dios but like there's nothing like having a group of black women around you empowering you I did not have that I didn't see anybody that looked like me and I just wanted so much more in areas of my personal life that I just don't think I was thinking about. I think I moved there at 27 or 28. And the reality is that I changed. And so mm-hmm. when gathering the data that was in front of me, that is the change that needed to happen. And in two years or three years or two months, if I have different data, I'll make a different decision. But I think <laughs> one of the things that living abroad and living outside of where you've grown up teaches you is to like, be a little bit more flexible and understand something that you said earlier, like nothing's permanent and that's okay. Mm-hmm. I, I was listening to, uh, to piggyback off that point you made. Um, I love the way you worded that. If I get different data, I'll make a decision based on that data. Like the smart individual yeah. you are. Because <laughs> you said life is always changing, right? Things happen. You got to adjust yeah. a- accordingly. One thing Michelle Obama said, she was on some podcast, I forget what, with Angie Martinez. Shout out to New York. Uh, one thing Back. she said, one thing she said was the only thing that's certain in life is uncertainty. And I was like, oh mm. my Lord, mm. drop it. Je- yeah, because again... All of us would love to predict how things are going to turn out. Oh, if, if I do this, this is going to happen. Even you, Lanita, right? You made this to better your life, right? And I'm sure it will end up that way. But you don't know how it's going to get there. You don't know exactly what changes are going to happen in life. They're going to get you to that particular point, right? You got to, obviously, you're doing your due diligence to make sure you get to the place you want to be at. But nobody's freaking no Shadamas up in here. No. No. And I'd be having a little ability to tell what's coming, but you can't, I can't pick some of the stuff that happened. I landed and had a job offer. Make it make sense. Wow, 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 wow. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's wild. That's wild. It's stuff like that, but I'm, I'm excited as a choice. I'm excited to see what's ahead and, you know, I'm going to get back on the apps and see what's shaking for that kind of life and see what's really good. Right, now, listen, since you brought it up, this is the second time. We got it. People, people are dying to hear about this. So let, let's line it up. Let's line it up a little bit. So what in particular about in Because Guat- <laughs> I, I want to know too, Sean. I'm, I'm interested. What particular is about Guatemala or the dating scene for you in particular? Guatemala wasn't, wasn't, wasn't mixing well. What, what, what was up with that? Okay, 
And I want to say, this has, eso no tiene nada que ver con Guatemala. This doesn't have anything to do with Guatemala. Okay. This is my experience. Yeah. So, number one, I, I know that, listen, I know that the term morenita is a term of endearment, but I don't want to hear it more than two times in one sentence because I'm like, are you fetishizing me? Mm. Like, I mean, mi morenita es que siempre he querido una morenita como tú. Like, I've always wanted, like, una morenita como tú. I don't know why, and I've heard this since I was young. Like, it just rubbed me the wrong way. And so that's something that I just, like, never really got cool with. Um, and then, to be honest, also, I really wasn't in the space to date when I was there. Like, I, A, I had just come out of, like, a breakup. Two, a, adjusting to a new culture and adjusting to moving is, like, not for the faint of heart. So I was dealing with that. It was a panty going on, so you can't just be out here all willy-nilly with whoever. <laughs> um, and I think all of that, and then, like, just, it's also a very, very conservative culture, like, nobody is going out of their way to be like, oh, like, quieres un café, or te, te invito a cenar, or lo que sea, like, I, I want to invite you to dinner. It was just so conservative, and I'm from the South, so I'm conservative too, but I need a little, a little sazon, a little something, and so I just didn't have the experience of dating there and from other Black women that are at least living in the city. Now, Antigua is something different. I have friends that live in Antigua, black women that live in Antigua, and they're having a completely different dating experience that I did not have. Mm. But, you know, I have my little my little couple sneaky links, but they didn't work out. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> it's for the best. It's for the best, right? You, 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 have, you have better plans. You have better plans, big, bigger plans. But... I mean, that's so interesting. You you mentioned the term morenita. Obviously, as you know, and then you live in Latin America, that is a huge thing, right? Morenita, morenito, that, that is a term that is used all the time. And like you said, it's used as a term of endearment. However, that doesn't mean the term is not in itself problematic when you're talking about the context in which it's used and in particular the way you just said it, right? It's like, all right, are you only trying to date me because I'm black? Because that, again, yes. like, that's not, what, what, what are we doing here then, right? It's one thing to say, you're a beautiful black woman. There's nothing to say, I think you're beautiful because you're black and I don't want to date you because you're black. Because again, it's right. it's like, what, what, what do you say? It's a fe, you're fetishizing, fetishizing, excuse me, the person. You know what I'm saying? And here's yeah. the thing. Mm -hmm. Because my, my undergrad degree is in Hispanic studies, like, and I'm a linguist, it is very often difficult for me to separate. When people say, pero es un term of endearment, I get that, but I know the history and the fact that this term of endearment is based in colonial and, and anti-black language. And so it's so hard for me sometimes to like delineate the, I know that the, the tradition of this word is nothing more than endearment versus the, oh, but, but tu eres mi morenita. You're, you're my, mi, mi chiquita morenita. Like I just never got over it. And it was something that stalled me in my own dating in that culture that I was living in. Right, right, right. And I and I think, I mean, question, did you bring this up to these uh, sneaky links of yours? Oh, okay, pause. Because <laughs> my sneaky, it was, actually, let me be real, it was only one sneaky link. Okay. It was from the United States. But the one person <laughs> that I did go on a date with in Guatemala, or two, it was one or two people, the first 
person with whom I encountered that issue, I said, you know, I es que no me gusta, I don't like this. I know it's a term of endearment, pero if you could stop. And he just kept going. He's like, pero siempre he querido una morenita, but I've always wanted a morenita. This this is something that I've always dreamt of. And I'm like, wow. I'm a human. I'm not just <laughs> right, a morenita. Right, right. Jesus Christ. So it's, it's tough. But yeah. I know other people have different experiences. That is just my personal boundary. right, right. right. I wasn't willing to forego despite me knowing the cultural significance of the word. Mm, got you, got you. So now the, again, because I, you know, you're just living your best life right now, traveling uh, the United States <laughs> and its territories. Um, what do you, <laughs> what do you, what, what do you want to do in, in those first like couple of months once you get back into DC proper? What, what, what do you like looking forward to the most? Okay, so I love this question. So I mentioned this a little earlier. I became a Reiki master. And since what is the last that? Time that we talked, What's a Reiki master? So, yes. So there's Reiki healers, meaning like I'm, I have certification to practice Reiki, which is a Japanese practice of energy movement and healing. Um, but as a master, I'm also qualified to teach um, dietist workshops to teach Reiki to others. And so I think this year... Um, I'm going to start a Reiki business. That's something that's been on my heart. I want to serve people of color, um, particularly who have, you know, anxiety, depression, and PTSD, which are things I've struggled with. And I feel extremely called to work with kids of color in this realm as well. And just kind of work with people of color and wellness practices that are ultimately based in like our bodies healing. So that's something I feel called to. I'm going to be honest with you. Number one thing, I need to find an apartment because this market is rough. <laughs> and I wasn't aware one of the things that I think I've been a little ignorant to and coming back from living abroad is the severity of inflation. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. coming back to D.C. and seeing I, I, I ordered Ethiopian the other night and it was $60 for Damn. two things. And I was blown. So I think. Actually, like, I love Reiki and and I do want to start it, but I actually need to develop a separate stream of income because inflation is inflationing in the States in a way that I didn't necessarily feel in Guatemala. So Mm. just getting reacclimated to, like, the simple things and, you know, building my community back here. Uh, I was a part of a run club here, so I'm going to get back started in that. And I also got to participate in a really awesome fellowship, which, to be honest with you, I really would recommend for you. It's called International Career Advancement Program. Um, Mm. They do it in Aspen, Colorado. I think you would be perfect for it, so we can talk offline. Definitely. But... (laughs) You go spend 10 beautiful days in Aspen and convene with like like minded social justice change makers about international affairs and and you're with other people of color. And a lot of that community also lives in Washington, D.C. So I'm really looking forward to like growing those relationships, because I think one of the things I've noticed in, in the changes of me is really wanting to develop community around activism and change making versus going out and turning up, which was, you know, me at a, a previous stage, <laughs> not just me. But I'm, I'm excited to develop, you know, meaningful uh, social justice driven relationships as a part of my community. Amazing, amazing. 
And unfortunately, we're into the last part of the podcast. It's always great talking to you, Lenita. You're always, always dropping gems on the podcast. I, love I, I, it. I always love that. I always love that. Um, so, as if you remember from our episode a year and a half ago, I have a lightning round segment where I ask you a question and okay. you answer with the first thing that comes to your mind. You ready? Okay. Can you ask me again what my favorite Spanish word from Guatemala is? Because I have it now. <laughs> I'm glad you remember that was one of the questions. All right. Let's start off with that one. Favorite Spanish word okay. or phrase in Guatemala? <laughs> okay. I say this all the time. A la gran. A la gran is when something happens that you can't believe or like you hurt yourself. Other curse words can come after if you're feeling spicy, but you just add a like a la gran to the conversation and mm. I feel like it takes it to the next level. A la gran. That's what I say after anything. I uh-huh. can't believe it. A la gran. Uh-huh. I love it. that too. <laughs> what's, the, what's the other one? A la puchica. Ah, puchica. That sounds like, sounds like a bad word. <laughs> it's in the middle. It's in the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, <laughs> so we got your favorite word out of the way. Um, what is, now that you you experienced it all, what is your favorite dish in Guatemala now? Mm, okay, um, I'm going to go with the first thing that comes to mind, jocon. It is a cilantro and tomatillo-based soup Ooh, that with uh, carne de res with pork. That sounds amazing. Wow. Damn. Mm-hmm. Sounds delicious. Yeah. Um, what will you not miss about living in Guatemala? Traffic. Mm, traffic. traffic. Listen traffic, to traffic. me. Three hours of traffic a day, I'm not going to miss it. What are you going to miss the most? <laughs> mm, the people. The warmth, the kindness, um, and the the absolutely outstanding nature and landscape of Guatemala. That was my next question. What's the most beautiful place you've seen in Guatemala? Semuk Champe. I think I said that the last time, but it still remains. Same with Champe. Number one, number one in your heart. <laughs> and final, <laughs> final question. Um, it's funny because I actually asked you the final question early where I said what you're looking forward to, but maybe think of another one on the spot. I love to improvise. So, final, final yes. question, answer however you would like to. Now you're entering 2023. You told me what you're looking forward to. But now, reflecting back, what would you like to tell? Lanita of 2020 about this journey that you for that you that you have gone through. I love this and I'm ready because I wrote it in my post. Oh amazing. Too. I'm reading your mind. I wrote it in my post and I thought you were gonna ask this. Okay. <laughs> um living by yourself, you'll need to learn to adore every fiber of your being because solitude is lonely without self-love. I hope you enjoyed that episode of Lanita. I most definitely did. I mean, just that last thing she said. Solitude is lonely without self-love. I'm going to say it again because it's so powerful. Solitude is lonely without self-love. That hits deep. That hits deep. Especially for those that are on this journey abroad, you know, without family or, you know, super close friends that you've, that you've left back in, in uh, wherever, wherever home is for you. It's not easy. It's not easy to, to, to do this journey. And I can relate wholeheartedly to her sentiment there. Self-love is so critical in those moments where, you know, you're questioning yourself, questioning yourself in your journey, why you're doing this. Why not go back home to what you know, to what's comfortable? Why go through this such through these uncomfortable feelings that you might have that will surface, you know, through your mind, through your 
fleeting thoughts. <laughs> and it, it's a powerful message. And Lanita's journey is just so freaking cool. I, I, I think it's one of perseverance. It's one of strength. And I just, I'm glad she was able to share that with us. And it's always great talking to her. She was just dropping gems uh, left and right, talking about her home as a, as, you know, thanking her home. That's a powerful thing, you know. I don't know if many people think about that, you know, the, the power of that, of where you nurture your thoughts and, and your and your well-being and what is your, a safe space, which obviously our home should be, right? So that's just so, such a powerful thing, and I wish her nothing but the best. Uh, I spoke to her a little bit offline about what she has in the works, uh, and obviously I will not disclose that <laughs> to protect the privacy, and hopefully it all comes to fruition for her because she deserves it. So yeah, uh, sorry sorry for this uh, gap in updates of episode. I was intending to upload this uh, like a week and a half ago, but I went to London for my graduation. That's a perfect segue. Next time on Living Color Abroad, I will be doing a solo episode on my trip to London where I attended my graduation. Um, and it was such a dope experience and I can't wait to discuss that with you. So be on the lookout for that. If you like what you hear please leave a review and subscribe on apple Podcasts. follow me on spotify and any of your other favorite streaming platforms see you next time this is a living color abroad peace <laughs>